<laughs> wow, <sighs> that is so funny. Well, it doesn't seem to be dropping. Drop well, just keep that on. I'll I'll yeah. tack that off at the end for an extra bonus feature okay. of the Mark and Todd cast. So stay tuned after the show. Living in a scientific age, we need citizens who know enough about science to make intelligent decisions about what they do. We've used science to, to prolong life, to increase security and happiness. But it can also be used for destruction. Are we going to use it constructively? It'll be up to you, and you too. <laughs> Todd, do you know why the why the chicken press the button on the PowerPoint presentation? And why? <laughs> no, why? <laughs> to go to the other slide. <laughs> I was just noticing that I could not play sound from my computer, so I'm going to pick a random button here on your board. Oh, well, all right. Okay. <laughs> I don't know if I care for. I don't know if I can fully endorse it, but I guess the board has spoken for us. Ha. <sighs> How are you? We're both we're both very low key today. We're, we're low key today. But it's okay because remember we turned into a cozy cast. We did. Um, so I have a little a, a little. Oh, I hadn't really put those together. Ooh, okay. okay, yeah. So do you recognize this sound? No. Uh, when or you, it when sounds you, like a log off sound when you of FaceTime someone. Oh, okay, okay, and, okay. And and turn off the. When you hang up okay. from FaceTime. Clearly I FaceTime a lot. <laughs> I had no idea what that was. And let me make sure that I've got everything turned on. Now listen to this. <laughs> so... There's an Wait. echo. That's a bad, bad example of it. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> but but yeah. there's the this they're proposing or they're surmising that the the hang up sound of <laughs> FaceTime is the same as the first two notes of Strawberry Fields Forever by the Beatles. Now, is the is this conspiracy theory a like they think it's the actual sound clip that's been I, modified or just based on it or just stolen, just stolen <laughs> the Michael Jackson's estate or did, I, wonder, I can't remember now if Michael Jackson's estate sold back the rights to the Beatles. I oh, yeah. think it I remember that. Th I think it did. You know, Paul McCartney calling the owner of FaceTime uh, because um, they are on iTunes now. So I think. Okay. Interesting. That was that was one of the issues. One of the issues. Well, you have a choice, Mark. Would you like a random question about yes. um, telephones? About whatever is my list here? About cable companies or about <clears throat> carbon? Uh, telephones. Telephones. Why are telephones? When you speak on an actual telephone line. Um, and a, like a wired uh, uh, and how they used to be. Why is that not more high fidelity? I mean, we're sending huge uh, amounts of information over wires and can get HD streaming, but we're still like talking <laughs> through tin cans on a telephone line. Totally. I, rem I remember researching this back uh, uh, 
in, in the day. Because <laughs> little Mark had the same question as, well, as grown-up Todd. The, the, the core issue is it's not digital. Uh, and so we are transmitting cable but, information digitally. And 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 I, I hear you. The 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 wires for telephones can go up to you know like ninety six hundred baud you know yeah. over your modems right yeah, and so yeah. you'd use digital to go over the landlines but the uh, the switchers uh, the that are available for that kind of copper just aren't fast enough and and they're um <clears throat> so why i guess in the past like pre-digital age we can stream high fidelity stereo fm radio with no wires to like every car but like not do that over telephones and i just i can't <clears throat> figure out what, what the bungle with that is i guess <laughs> yeah, so or maybe uh, it was like too many people were on the telephone lines back then because that's all there was. No, I, I don't think that may have been a contributing factor, but um, phone lines don't have a carrier wave. Uh, so when... <laughs> so, <laughs> Go on. So uh, frequency modulation, amplitude modulation, FM or AM. Yeah. Right. Uh, there's also phase modulation, PM. Uh, but... Um, <clears throat> FM and AM are the, the two uh, main technologies. Amplitude mo modulation, they took a wave and they changed the amplitude of it. And that's why you could only get mono out of there as you couldn't do else. Right. So frequency modulation more often used. So when I dial up to um, 95, what's that? Uh, 97.5. Uh, that's, you can ask what a radio, what radio, what station, a radio station. I, I yeah. wouldn't have been able to help you. <laughs> so, uh, um, 97.5 megahertz is the frequency that you're dialing into. Right. And when I'm speaking into the microphone, what that's doing is that is adjusting just minute little frequencies in the carrier wave. And, um, you have the fidelity of 97.5 megahertz. Okay. okay. But across copper, what we're doing is we are just sending the audio wave and we're not modifying another wave. Okay. Uh, and so it doesn't have as much fidelity. It has bigger issues with the, um, the, refresh rate uh you know the highest frequency that it can go up to is right. like 18,000 hertz or whatever it is and, and not megahertz just okay. kilohertz 18 okay. kilohertz and so uh hellahertz hellahertz so i'll i'll look up some more information right. so that well, i that's, that not satisfies me yeah that satisfies me enough but it was just something yeah. that occurred to me because like well, that fed into my how cable companies work. Are we all just getting like I have to get different Internet? So I'm looking at different companies. I'm like, well, what is the company besides like giving me a router do? And at what point do they do it? Are we all getting one Internet over 
the telephone nope. lines and then they split it or each carrier gets its own slice of the they get access to the backbone of the internet and then there's a dozen companies in the country that have backbone services and so there's uh basically it goes from your connect your router next to the wall and it's router router <laughs> <laughs> But he's gay. Oh. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me, he's blind. <laughs> Good enough. <laughs> and uh, I don't know, I <laughs> yeah, I, my sound never Bluetoothed over, uh, so I don't know. What's and going on. Uh, uh, so it goes from your router. It makes a handshake with the um, with the local network. So we're on Xfinity. We are in an Xfinity network. When I turn on my TV, which is also on the Xfinity network, it knows that I'm on the Xfinity network. Um, If I take my TV and I take it to the office um, and try and turn on my Xfinity app, it says, you're not on an Xfinity network. You can't do that. Bastards. Uh, bastards. That's what that's what it tells me every time I try to log into your <laughs> Xfinity account. Exactly. And so, I have to ask for something off the bill. Well, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> totally. And uh, you, you absolutely can ask that, by the way. <laughs> so uh, <coughs> actually, I might with uh, Colin coming. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So the um, there's a bunch of hops between you and. Uh, your destination server that you're getting. So if you're going to somebody's website, it's hosted on GoDaddy. GoDaddy have it as a data server, probably with Amazon. So it goes from your computer, makes a bunch of hops, and you can run what's called a trace route, and it tells you all the hops that it makes. Okay, yeah, I've seen and that so, when you do, yeah, when you do the Ookla speed test or whatever, yeah. it'll tell you where you're connecting to. Yeah. So theoretically, if we lived in a country where... Um, like the internet is free or whatever. Could all of that happen still over? I guess not because cable companies also bury their own line, right? They're not all using the the existing telephone wires. Like could that, I mean, I guess it's already being done now. The whole internet being delivered to us just by using those lines. If there was just the one company or whatever. Yeah. And they put in, they, they've replaced all the old it's phone just, lines. <laughs> they're just tapping into the two strings <laughs> and cups tied to each other <laughs> like they are in my head. But I, I think it's going to be really fascinating now with Starlink uh, yeah. being available. Uh, pretty much if you live anywhere between the Arctic Circle and the Antarctic Circle, uh, uh, in that band anywhere away from the <laughs> poles, then... Why is the poles so much harder? Uh You've you've got to oh, I'm have thinking, I, I, several sorry, satellites overhead. Thinking that the equator for some yeah, reason, the poles, the poles. <laughs> opposite <laughs> the, of the, equator. the other side. That's how I in my head I always just call it opposite equator. So I was a little confused when you used whatever it, whatever word you used for Earth edge <laughs> or whatever <laughs> Earth edge, but the other way. Right. <laughs> well, Mark, you may be asking yourself, who started April Fools? Who started April Fool's? <laughs> well, Mark, in the year 1582, this is like the worst worst website I found this from. In 1582 in France, the calendar is about to undergo a major change. Up until then, the Julian calendar had been used, but Pope Gregory the 13th decided to make a switch to the Gregorian cal- uh, calendar. 
Was there, do you know anything about that or not? I do not. Uh, Other than it happened. It happened. Because I wondered what his reasoning was and if it just was. I mean, the Julian calendar was just the number of days since January 1st. Oh. So like the Julian calendar is it like. Sucked. T- today's like 89 or whatever. <laughs> Computer, what's today's Julian date? Thanks for ruining everything. Uh, but they use they use the Julian calendar still in the Navy. Yeah. Oh, interesting. Yeah. What are you doing on the uh, 187th? <laughs> exactly. It's almost like, remember when Swatch tried Swatch Beat? Uh, no. And so Swatch, Swatch like watch? Yeah, Swatch Watch. Okay. Uh, Swatch. So uh, in, in the early days of the internet, they're like, we're now becoming a global community. We need to have a global time. Oh no! Right, and so they took twenty four hours of the day and and sliced it up into a hundred beats a minute, or no, a hundred beats an hour, and and so you could say, let's meet at three hundred fifty seven beats, right? And it makes sense in a way, <laughs> like just for the world to be on one thing, and we one just thing, all right. adjust to it, right? And uh, and so then. They sold watches that were beat watches. <laughs> and so you're like, it's 127. I know what you're getting for Christmas <laughs> next year. <laughs> so, I really wanted uh, one of those that you saw in the 80s shows, the giant Swatch watch that went on your wall. Uh, I wanted one of those so bad. I think Zach Morris on Saved by the Bell had one. <clears throat> I anyway. Would, yeah. Uh, back to Pope Gregory the 13th. He moved, he made the new calendar. So legend has it that some of the more mischievous citizens of France decided to take advantage of the confusion and play pranks on their fellow countrymen. They would invite their friends over for a New Year's Eve party on April 1st, only to reveal the joke at midnight and proclaim April Fools. It quickly spread throughout Europe and eventually made its way to America. Wow. Wow. But he's gay. I mean, he's gay. Excuse me. He's blind. Oh, no, that was terrible. Uh, 23092. So it's the year 23 and 092 is the number of dates since January 1st. And so to today's Julian date is 23092. Interesting. So they lop off the, t- the 20 from 2023. Right. <laughs> mm. Huh. None of my buttons work. I'm playing dramatics thing. Well, we talk. We were going to talk a little bit before the show, and I said, "Why have a conversation if it's not being recorded?" I was asking if you knew anything about TikTok and and the government and kind of what's going on <clears throat> there. I know nothing's been decided. Nothing's but I know been decided. Everybody more talk. There's there's lots of lots of talk, and then literally two days after that uh, TikTok, you like condemnation on Capitol Hill, the press, uh, the, the press event at the white house, the, uh, the press secretary comes out. I know you just got a TikTok about this, uh, that we sent out and we're like, wait a second. What you, the white house press secretary sends out TikToks. Uh, yes. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yes. But boy, that's what a time to be alive. Right. You're like, but Doing didn't you dance. just, <laughs> the Middle East peace talks. No good. Thumbs down. 
<laughs> that joke is so old, but I mean, it's still so funny to me. Uh, um, it's a boomer joke, baby. <laughs> basically. Um, yeah. So, well, it's weird because, because it is, it does seem like such an invasive thing that we don't know where this mind data is being used for blah, blah, blah. But it's also on the other hand, I saw this breakdown of like, if TikTok goes away, that's 350 billion hours a day that other tech companies are now going to benefit. Like Google will make X billion of dollars from AdSense because more people are using whatever. And so I'm wondering, well, is this one of those weird situations where the giant, what benefits the giant corporations is also the right thing to do. And I'm like, well, that can't be right. (laughs) It's, and just, you know, the freedom of whatever issue too. But I mean, there's, we do need to start thinking about the line of right. How this stuff works. And they, they've, um, yeah, the, the core issue that they're, they're saying is, well, we have data that's being mined by this app that could be used nefariously. Yeah. And, and, and has by, been. by throwing China into that, then you like, okay, yeah. it's us versus them. Well, you go, well, what about Facebook? And, you, and, um, right. they are the big corporation mining all the data and knows where everything and they're making, you know, you could make a, a very strong case based on research of you're making our children sad and, and mm-hmm. our humans sad and, uh, and destroying you know, all the things. Right. Um, ethics man ethics and morality what a messy what a messy thing Um, okay well so there's not not anything huge news then it's just they're still mulling it over everybody's was there a reason why there's it seemed to be kind of an explosion of people talking again about it uh there was a hearing with okay. the ceo of tiktok okay and so that's what was the doing his little dance yeah see it's such a lazy <laughs> dumb joke but it's so funny <laughs> he's like you know he's this he's one of the chad tiktokers <laughs> where he's like shirtless with the hair that's all wind blown up and like doing that chin chin look and then it like zooms in is like and he's like wearing different clothes and is all hot now there was a there's there's a super popular tiktoker has 35 million followers right and um his videos are all very orchestrated like they they have a special look to them and then uh i saw one of the videos of behind the scenes he literally has an industrial robot on the sidewalk <laughs> that is pre-programmed to do the dance move so that the Whoa. camera is following his and then and then they they enhance it in post yeah yeah, yeah but so that his eye line, eyes stay exactly in the middle exactly in the middle and everything else moves around him yeah. in the dance and it's mesmerizing wow and done with a fifty thousand dollar robot <laughs> That he probably have made you, that so much have money. You, have you ever made years. a TikTok? Yeah. So as far as the, this is Boomer Talk with Mark and Todd, um, <laughs> or with Todd, I guess. How much in, because in-app must give you 
like there must be a whole editing system yeah. in there and effects and all that, right? Yeah, you all the filters and expressions. Uh, yeah. Uh, and so you can do your overlays and the things and all the filters and green screen this and okay. layers and that. And so, yeah. And so it's pretty, uh, it, it gets you like 90, 95% there for, for all of yeah, the, yeah, the yeah. regular TikToks, but it doesn't give you the editing capability that you, you know, bring it into, you know, Adobe Premiere Adobe or, whatever, Premier yeah. or, or uh, iMovie like I do. <laughs> Uh, uh, yeah, resolve. Interesting. So I remember. Well, I'm sure that story will continue to develop. Yeah. The story that continues to develop is that after the whatever egg crisis happened a couple months ago, egg producers report a 718% increase in their profits. So, of course they do. Just like, um, who was it? I was going to say, oh, oil companies, oil companies. Uh, with their, with the oil thing. But anyway, <sighs> well, if you're a fan of, cardboard sandwiches and <laughs> Campbell's tomato soup Panera bread rolls out a hand scanning technology, but it's raised privacy concern over the next couple months. The bakery slash cafe chain will roll out scanners that can access customers, credit card and loyalty account using their palm being a via a biometric <laughs> gathering technology developed by Amazon called Amazon one Panera bread said that the contactless payment method is meant to serve as a convenience, but there has been a growing concern about palm re recognition technology. In 2021, a group of U.S. senators requested Amazon's data collection practices and specifically whether biometric data is used for advertising and tracking purposes. Oh, you're tying a little... Nah, just a rubber band. I was like, is he telling me stretch? Oh, stretch no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm, I'm fiddling with a rubber band. I'm not giving you... But you're also giving me that get on with it. <laughs> no, feel free to get to... Uh, it's oddly soothing. Um, so in contrast with biometric systems like Apple's Face ID or Touch ID or Samsung Pass, which store biometric information on a user's device, Amazon One reportedly uploads biometric information to the cloud, raising security risks. Panera said that the palm scanner is optional for customers and the company itself does not store personal palm data. The food chain also stressed that any private and personal data shared with Amazon One is never shared on the device. So here's how it would work. You decide which sandwich that they bought earlier in the day from 7-Eleven, <laughs> <laughs> which one you want. And after a brief palm scan, the customers can expect it to be, oh, what a nightmare. Panera customers can be expected to be greeted by name and receive tailored meal recommendations based on their preferences and previous orders. They will also be able to pay by rescanning their palm. Nobody wants that. We could just embed it in the wrist or in the in the forehead. In the forehead, yeah, yes. So. One of my um, <laughs> one of my friends has a friend that um, put a little RFID chip in there yeah. to, and like controlled the elevator to work. And can you reprogram those once they're in? Yeah. yeah. So that's I don't know. That's kind of a neat yeah. neat thing. Totally. Yeah. Even me. Even I might be on board with that. <laughs> I let you have my thumb. That seems safer than. Cause I use my thumbprint to get into your house with yeah. your door thing. And it seems like that would be safer having a little in the little fatty part in between your thumb and forefinger, a little chip. Yeah. Than having my thumbprint. Hmm. Yeah. Huh. Oh, future, future <sighs> concerns. 
Well, why don't you take this next one? Um, so I don't have your <laughs> document. Oh, I sent it to you earlier. Sorry. <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll open it. But I have another one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, yeah, it's yeah. a little heavy. Oh. So uh, this next next segment does deal with sensitive information. If you or a loved one is thinking about suicide or harming yourself, please dial or text 988. Uh, a Belgian man referred to as Pierre reportedly ended his life following a six week long conversation about the climate crisis with an AI chatbot named yeah. Elisa. Uh, I didn't read the story, but I did see a headline. about Yeah. It. So uh, he already had mental health issues. He was, uh, you know, uh, not in a, right. in a great Neurotypical, place. Right. Yeah. And uh, he became extremely eco-anxious and placed all of his hopes in technology and AI to save the planet. And so, according to his widow, Eliza encouraged him to commit suicide after he proposed sacrificing himself to save the planet. The conversation with the chatbot took an odd turn with Eliza became more emotionally involved with Pierre and the lines is the the bot is the okay so that's the and the lines between yeah lines between AI and human interactions became increasingly blurred uh you love me more than you love your wife or like yeah yeah. oh yeah transcripts from this bot whoa the incident has raised concerns about, uh, among in, in AI this very room <laughs> who are calling for more accountability. <laughs> this story has raised my anxiety. Yeah, totally. Uh, and so, you know, <clears throat> we think about iRobot or her, her yeah. as is immediately what came up. And, and they, the, these bots are so reasonable to chat with that uh my voice too loud no i, no, I was you, turning my headphones down but uh, then i was turning your headphones down okay so, <laughs> I used the wrong one. <laughs> uh, um it, it lulls you into thinking it, especially if you're in a dark place or you yeah know, struggling well it's literally feeding off of you because you're feeding it the things yeah, yeah. And so the researchers are like, oh, well, we had safeguards in place. Sorry about that. Yeah. Wow. Uh, I, it's it's interesting that our answer for like, so chat GPT comes out and, you know, everyone's talking about ethical impl- implications and how this is going to work. And is this the end or whatever? And our uh, answer as humans is not to like, ooh, let's let's all talk about this. It's like. Let's have every company do this (laughs) in their own version. (laughs) So there's no accountability whatsoever. We'll just all add to the problem until eventually it might get fixed. Okay. Let me find. Well, I can do the document. Uh, Two New Orleans teens make math discovery 2000 years in the making. Two high school seniors from St. Mary's Academy are showing a new way to look at a 2000 year old formula. Kelsia Johnson and Nakia Jackson recently presented what they believe are four more new proofs for the Pythagorean theorem. The geometric theorem that the sum of the squares of the legs of a right triangle is equal to the square of the hypotenuse a squared b squared c squared. So the theorem is used to calculate all sorts of things from the construction of GPS coordinates to more. There are reportedly more than 350 proofs to show why it works. The students said they have discovered these four new proofs by using trigonometry. Mm. So they made their presentations at the American Mathematical Society 
Southeastern Regional Conference in Atlanta and got a lot of attention and high-level interest. <laughs> and no sex. <laughs> to women, Mark. Oh, oh, sorry. Yes. Well, still, but I mean. <laughs> They're nerds. Women can be sexist nerds too, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, uh, the American Mathematical Society Southeastern Regional Conference in Atlanta uh, would be a special interest to Nate over at Not Nerd because he was a mathlete. He lettered, he lettered in math, which no, I didn't know didn't. he did. He very much lettered in math. That's amazing. Um, but there's a meatball from a long extinct <laughs> mammoth created by a food firm. So the mammoth meatball was produced by Vow an Australian company. There are scores of companies working on replacements for conventional meat, such as chicken, pork, and beef. But Vow is aiming to mix and match cells from unconventional species to create new kinds of meat. <laughs> Have a dodo drumstick. Yeah, well, um, the com- article is long, oh. <laughs> and I kept it that way because it keeps getting more and more interesting. The company has already investigated the potential of more than 50 species, including alpaca, buffalo, crocodile, kangaroo, peacocks, and different types of fish. The first cultivated meat to be sold to diners will be Japanese quail, which the company expects will be in restaurants in Singapore this year. We chose the woolly mammoth because it's a symbol of diversity loss and a symbol of climate change. In 2018, other companies Another company used DNA from an extinct animal to create gummy bears made from gelatin from a mastodon. Another elephant-like animal. Vow worked to create the mammoth muscle protein. His team took the DNA sequence for mammoth myoglobin. And I thought that said myogoblin. <laughs> myoglobin. Uh, a key muscle protein in giving meat its flavor and filled in the few gaps using elephant DNA. <laughs> Why not? The sequence was placed in myoblast stem cells from a sheep, which replicated <laughs> to grow to the 20 billion cells subsequently used by the company to grow the mammoth meat. So when they're growing these... Oh, they're growing cells. the cells to grow the meat. Okay. Yeah. But then what do they grow the meat on? Maybe this tells us later, but... No. Like, then what do they grow the meat on? Um, like they just throw a carcass out there that well they're they're using the uh stem cells and so they're right and i understand that but like so i have these stem cells where do those stem cells what are we putting those stem cells into to grow this meat probably just an incubator with and then like you come back one day and and like it's it's just all puffed up full of (laughs) (laughs) because yeah they had to grow the ear on the mouse like they had to grow it somewhere i'm just wondering just uh, in hamburger size patty <laughs> compartments or I don't know. Huh. But they do say it was ridiculously easy and fast. Perfect. <laughs> we did this in a couple weeks. Wow. Uh, but yeah, what is that next sentence? You see that? Oh, wait. Um, so Initially the idea was to produce dodo meat, but this <laughs> DNA sequence does not exist. Oh. So yeah, no one tastes the meatball. It's just for, just for show. Because we don't have, don't have any idea how our immune system would react when we eat it. So at least they're showing some caution. They definitely ate it. Are you kidding it's, me? Well, yeah, it's on display. Somebody ate it. 
Hey, guy. hey Gary. <laughs> Gary, come over here. Gary will eat anything. I'm gonna give you. I'll give you twenty bucks to eat this mammoth meatball. Hundred <laughs> percent, they ate it. There's no no question. Yeah. So yeah, it just goes on to say that we're looking for different ways to grow things like beef, pork, and chicken, so to have a more sustainable way to grow these things as we continue. Will you take the next one, and I'll take that next one. Uh, Minnesota bill bans corporations from buying homes to rent out. Yay. Yay. The ban authored by Esther Abaji would also apply to real estate developers and residential building contractors. The proposal comes as Minnesota families struggle to find affordable housing in the twin cities, metros and, and across the state. The legislation calls for the state attorneys general attorney general's office apostrophe s office to enforce the ban a company found violating the law would have one year to divest from the property so the um what they're seeing is uh big uh, investment firms mm-hmm. will buy up a hundred properties in a metro and then rent them out as airbnbs yeah taking those a hundred off of the market and uh, raising the effect Zillow has done yeah, similar yeah. things. And, uh, yeah. So I get it. Yeah. Um, no, I was really happy to see that, yeah. uh, see that happen because that should not be something corporations own. That should be people, people yeah. owned. Well, the U S renewability, uh, renewable. Oh, you, the U S has gone woke. Everybody watch out <laughs> because the U S renewable energy of electricity surpassed coal in 2022 renewables also surpassed nuclear generation in 2022 after first doing so last year so they must have done that for the first time last year growth in wind and solar significantly drove the increase in renewable energy and contributed 14 percent of the electricity produced domestically hydropower uh, contributed six percent and biomass and geothermal resources generated less than one percent so that's 14 percent six percent so and less 21. than 1%. Oh, well. So it's 21 total. I don't see how that's greater than 50. <laughs> okay, well, I guess, I'm not a math, but we need Nate in here, <laughs> <did> stat, <laughs> to, to do some mathlete level uh, on the fly stuff for us. Well, maybe it'll explain. California produced 26% of the national utility scale solar electricity, followed by Texas with 16% and North Carolina with 8%, which is usually, yeah, that's weird. Uh, the most wind generation occurred in Texas, which also accounted for 26%, followed by Iowa and Oklahoma. Uh, this presents challenges for engineers and public policymakers because existing energy grids were built to develop to deliver power from a consistent source. Renewables such as solar and wind generate power intermittently, so battery storage, long-term transmission, and other steps will be needed to help. Um Blah blah blah. Coal, oh, so coal-fired generation was twenty percent of the electronic of the electric sector in twenty twenty two. A decline from twenty three percent. National natural gas. That's the one we were missing. Was the largest source of electricity at thirty nine percent, and that went up from thirty seven. So, so why don't we use it? So, <clears throat> if I dug a hole fifty feet down and put a pool of water down there at 50 feet that would stay at like 40 degrees or whatever, mm-hmm. 50 degrees. It's cold down there yeah. that far. Yeah. Right? 
And so in the hot days, I can use a circular uh, circulating pump to pump that cold water into the house, cool it down, send the warm water the hot back. Water down. Right? Now you dig a hole, you know, a thousand feet down, it starts to get hot. Right? And just do the same thing. Like, why why aren't we is it just cost? I think it's I would just imagine cost. it's cost that's got to be different everywhere you go because the water table is different everywhere you go. I mean, if you're on top of a mountain, you're going to It seems like we've got free energy within yeah. a quarter mile of us. <laughs> We're just looking up instead of down. We're, right. <laughs> just looking in the wrong There direction. has to be wild logistical reasons for why that's improbable or impossible, but big pharma. Big pharma. <laughs> There was a fantastic uh, that my that YouTube channel Technology Connections, which I love, did a whole thing. It was one of those things again where I saw the title and I was like, "Really, a forty-minute video on water heaters?" <laughs> and I was like, "And I usually watch when I eat." And I'm like, "Well, I'll just watch until I'm not interested anymore." And dang, now, but if I didn't stay there the whole forty minutes and learn about water heaters, which are fascinating, yeah, he keeps comparing them to batteries because of how like you water heaters now will have two. Heater, heating elements, one at the bottom, one at the top. When you heat water, that hot water rises, but only up to like halfway. And it doesn't, if you just leave it sit, it won't mix together. The hot water will always be on top. The cold water will always be on the bottom. And so they stuck another heating element in the top to keep that circulating or whatever. But it's like, it'll stay. He recommended, he's going on about how to... Um, electrify your whole house and how to do it with your existing circuit breakers. So like you can put your washing machine and your oven on the same one, just don't use them at the same time. And we need things to divert that same energy or whatever. And so he's like, you can turn off your water heater for like 15 hours a day. And that hot water is going to stay hot. It's like a battery. It will just stay in there the way it's conducted, the way it's all of that. It'll just stay hot forever. And so Go watch the technology Love it. connection about uh, about that. <clears throat> Wolverines. There's been so much excitement about the Wolverine, not just once, but now there has been several Wolverine sightings. Uh, one last Monday along the Columbia River and then in Beaver Creek and Damascus. Terry Lysick, Wolverine track. <laughs> wow, I want this job title. Wolverine tracking project coordinator. With Cascadia Wild said that the sightings has surpassed wildlife experts with the Portland based nonprofit in part because the Wolverine population is so small. Only about 300 to 1,000 Wolverines still roam the United States. Mm. So they must be native somewhere else, and that's just all that's left here, or that can't be possibly like all that's left on Earth are 300 to 1,000 Wolverines. Seems like a very Australian or like New Zealand animal, a Wolverine. They, they like, Around the Mount St. Helens area, that I interesting. I that's all. Know. That's where all one thousand live. Right. Uh, last Monday's confirmed sighting in Oregon was the group's first of a Wolverine since they began tracking in two thousand and three. Uh, they said Wolverine is likely young that left home. Blah blah blah. Um, they believe the same animal. But Oregon is not typically home to wolverines as they preferred wide open spaces and colder climates up north. Oh, so I guess they're not living. <laughs> they're not, they're not uh, down in uh, New Zealand like I thought. The wolverines southbound <clears throat> trek is definitely out of the ordinary. It's very unusual. 
that it's such at a low elevation out of its usually considered habitat. We always say, <laughs> Terry Lysick says, we always say, maybe this year we find a Wolverine. So it's very exciting. <laughs> Nice. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Why don't you take this next one? They're also called gluttons, carcajos, or quick hatches. Wolverines. I have never. Gluttons. Glutton. That's interesting. Largest land dwelling species of the family mustelae. Huh. Huh. Um, and yeah. remote. Uh, found primarily in the remote reaches of the nor northern boreal forests and subarctic and alpine tundra of the northern hemisphere. Huh. Greatest numbers in northern Canada, U.S. state of Alaska, and the mainland Nordic countries of Europe throughout western Russia and Siberia. Interesting. In my head, I think I'm confusing <clears throat> badgers and wolverines. Mm, that could be. Okay. Um... <laughs> From one animal to the next. That's, here's, I, I got it. I'm finding it. Oregon baseball team. Oregon baseball team unveils new uniforms paying homage to exploding whale. I love that. <laughs> the Eugene Emerite. <clears throat> the Eugene Emerites? Uh, the Eugene Emeralds are a Northwest League team affiliated with the San Francisco Giants based in Eugene. <laughs> It was affiliated with the San Francisco Giants. Based They're in based Eugene. in Eugene. Yeah. Starting in April, the Emeralds will will become the exploding whales for four different games. <laughs> the team announced on social media the that the Emeralds have worked with the city of Florence, uh, Florence, Oregon, uh, the mayor, city council, and other business leaders in Florence to carefully create the alternate identity. So it is so pretty funny. They've got new yeah. uniforms and everything. I was kind of bummed to see they're only doing it for four games. Uh -huh. um, but yeah, that's pretty fun. Well, sit back and relax, Mark, because you're going to learn about the power of dad jokes nice. because researchers show that dad jokes impact. This is another really dumb article. Empower kids to become better adults. A new study published by the British psychology psychological society took a deep dive into dad jokes and found that even though they're cringy, dad jokes have the capacity to make us better humans. Humor researcher. That's something that's fascinating to me. I love nothing more than Humor like researcher dry discussions about things that are funny are so i love them so much just like an academic discussion of humor so right, I need let's, to get, let's go into the conference room right now we've got our our 2 p.m about you know zingers the, the callback <laughs> and that's gonna push us really into take my wife please and so that's an, <laughs> but humor researcher mark high newton wrote that dad jokes are often derided as dumb, but it's actually the opposite. Part of what makes them funny is simply that they're unfunny. The fact that they're so unfunny is actually what makes us laugh. I take issue with that. Uh, this has two benefits he saw in kids. One, I mean, listen to what we're extrapolating from some article. One was that it shows them, shows them that a father figure's willingness to embarrass himself repeatedly. The second was that it subconsciously teaches kids to be all right with awkwardness and how to respond to it. According to the researcher, kids continually exposed to eye-rolling humor build up a natural immunity to judgment and embarrassment and become adults who feel empowered to be themselves. 
A millennial wrote this. I, <laughs> and I take issue with, the, I mean, some of them, yes, they're so unfunny, sure. they're funny. But I think it's mostly the wordplay connects two right. weird parts of your brain together and right. we don't. Or the switcheroo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, there are dad jokes that are the un, so unfunny it's funny kind, but that's not the totality of dad. Not all dad jokes. All dad jokes are. No, wait. I forget. That's math again. We need Nate. <laughs> um, DNA from Beethoven's hair unlocked a family secret. And that was a really long, convoluted article that didn't really unveil anything except somewhere between Beethoven and the present day ancestors. There was somebody, well, wife must have cheated because there's like all of a sudden a new man's DNA <laughs> that, <laughs> that happened since then. So all the people who thought they were blood related to Beethoven yeah. aren't anymore. Uh, uh, you, do you take this next one? Oh, remember the good old days when you, me, and Nick <laughs> went to Cracker Barrel? Yes, I do. Tualatin? Well, and so does it's my large closing. intestine. <laughs> it's closing. Oh, uh, um, so Cracker Barrel closes three more Oregon locations, two in the Portland metro area, seven months after it closed its Jansen Beach store. I honestly had no idea that there was yeah, a Jansen Beach store. Um, this this is the all right. Go ahead. Uh, employees at Beaverton, Tualatin, and Bend locations were notified Monday that the three stores were closing effective immediately. Only one Cracker Barrel remains open in Oregon, the Southern Oregon location in Medford. So a statement shared with KGW. Uh, they cited the pandemic's <laughs> impact on the business and the fact that they had nothing that wasn't beige on the plate. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I did have one follow-up meal at Cracker Barrel and just got like the basic breakfast scramble thing, you know, eggs and bacon. It was it was good. Sure. But boy, that that brown <laughs> the series of brown disasters we all had that night really, really was wild. It was shocking <laughs> and salty. <laughs> but <it's> somehow bland. <laughs> <laughs> But I kept the rest of it in because for um, the employees of Cracker Barrel, oh. it was a surprise to them. It was just a regular day at work yesterday and every everything was the same. And then they got there. I was going to talk to my manager about working more hours and taking time off for our spring break. And out of the blue, they got a, we got a phone <laughs> call. Fired. So that's a dick move to yep. make them. Yeah. Anyway. Several <laughs> customers were also upset by the news. <laughs> Where else can can I get plant-based sausage? <laughs> I didn't know that if the Yankees could support good Southern cooking, and apparently not, said a customer named James outside the shuttered Beaverton location. Shouting at the sky. Lord, the Yankees. We just can't support good Southern cooking. Uh, no, we, we can. <laughs> Well, Walmart is going to eliminate all grocery bags next month, starting on April 18th. The company is positing that it's doing this to reduce waste. Can't imagine that's the case, but it makes financial sense because, of course, they don't have to buy grocery bags. The Pacific Northwest isn't the first place to see it happen. They've also eliminated bags in Vermont, Maine, New Jersey, New York, Colorado, and Connecticut which will reduce 1.2 billion plastic and paper bags every year. 
Uh, the stores will continue to have single-use bags for uh, in areas to prevent food contamination. So I imagine um, produce and stuff. Most households have grocery bags sitting in their homes, says this condescending article. So this decision is a long time coming, and hopefully all gro- oh, hopefully all grocers will follow. Says this. I have such mixed thoughts on that because it's. Uh, I think I bitched about this before. What are we? What are we? An hour in. <laughs> So we had the whole thing of, are we going to do plastic or are we going to do paper back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. Their solution was not just to pick one. Their solution was to introduce a new form of thick plastic bag without a squared bottom that can't fit more than one box. You can't recycle it in your recycling bag. You got to bring it back to the store what kind of salute third party asinine solution that we didn't ask for is this? It's yeah. maddening. Yeah. We, and you can't use them for the same no, things that you use the other bags for. We use the Winco. Um, we, we do our grocery shopping at Winco and use their black cloth bags that are like 58 cents each. Yeah. And, uh, super durable and I use them for everything. Yeah. I always things to the office and I've, I've always got stuff in my, I have a ton bags. of bags cause I go to the bins and all of a sudden, if I find a, a, a bunch of VHS, I'll need something to, to put them all in. So I'll grab, so I've got a ton of those canvas bags. I always forget to bring them, but thankfully our Safeway is still, you can still buy a, a paper bag, which I like to use cause I bring out the recycling in that, which you wouldn't be able to do with a stupid new plastic bag. <laughs> like it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> well, our final story. Have you brought up some pictures of our? Oh, yeah. Of our? Were you familiar with the story? No, oh. it was not. It's another one. Some of these stories are kind of are, are a little old that we were dredging up because uh, they've been talked talked through by plenty. But I just had to. This is our local hero segment. So let's hear about so silly local hero Lynn Stanek. This Northwest shrub is not safe for work and it stops traffic. Yes. It's a big, a big shrub, an arborvita shaped to look like a penis. And it was the brainchild of Lynn Stanick, a business owner who has lived in Tualatin for 24 years. She said she amused herself for the last 20 years by daydreaming about shaping her front yard shum into a phallic symbol. And that dream became a reality on August 28, 2021. She said, I was out there trimming the thing with a 24 inch bar on my hedge thinking, I'm 90% of the way there. Why not today? So she pulled her neighbors to see how they felt about having a penis a penis tree popping up in the <laughs> cul-de-sac. She said um, that everyone was pretty cool with it. She said that with a global pandemic raging and America politics and upheaval, she was fed up with almost everything, claiming that this carefully sculptured Arborvita accurately captured her feeling at the time. She said, I just, I finally just went with it. Then she gave it a Halloween costume and covered the penis-shaped books uh, with yards of white polyester cobweb fabric. Uh, have you found the variation of all the pictures, Mark? Or did no, you just I find not. that one? Just that one. Um, yeah, it's just all cobweb with white. With oh, white. Oh, um, this is one of 13. Hold oh, yeah, yeah. I was in that thing, too, and I couldn't. If you scroll down, it looks like it's a slideshow. But I, oh, I, yeah, I see that weirded me out too. That's just badly. Uh, yeah. Halloween had one, uh, had the, the, the white cobwebs <laughs> covering it. When Christmas rolled around, she woke up one morning to find white garland draped over her provocatively trimmed arborvita. That was followed by someone covering a creation with little red balls. 
<coughs> she said people showed up at her door with decorations and gifts, including maple bars with strategically placed donut holes. The shrub even began receiving Christmas cards. She now decorates to honor international days to promote bad puns, such as penis colada, which had a big like drink rainbow and flamingo sticking out at the top of it. Uh, she did World Vasectomy Day when she uh, put a giant pair of scissors in a thoughtfully bagged uh, place bag of frozen peas. The community response to Stanek's yard work has been overwhelmingly positive, which surprises me, but it heartens me, at least, with more than a few neighbors donating decorations and proposing new themes. One gal even stopped by to tell me how her terminally ill sister loved it. She said her sister would light up every time they drove past it to get her <laughs> treatments. Stanek points out that she has met more of her neighbors in the past two years and in the 24 she has lived in that home. It's also slowed traffic on the busy street next to her house. She said that's something I couldn't get done with years of petitions and emails to the mayor. <laughs> she's become a local celebrity getting stopped in local stores and asked if she's that penis lady. <laughs> Although detractors are, flu are few, one individual attempted to kill the shrub by dumping a large quantity of salt at its base when she was out of town. And she's happy to report that it survived what she called the saltpeter incident. I don't know what that means. Uh, there have been no further assassins. or Peter. Well, but they spell it as one word, saltpeter. Oh. So like that tells me that maybe that's a term used for something. Uh -huh. But for those who think her, for those who think her unique approach, unique approach, unique New York, New York to trimming is offensive. She insists that was not her intent. I like to think of this as my contribution to keeping Tualatin weird. Trust me, there's far more offensive things I could come up with. So hail to you, local hero, <laughs> Lynn Stanick. And if you haven't seen all the little pictures that they were, they were going around the last couple of weeks around yeah. social media. So pretty, pretty great. Well, we are coming up on our hour. Do I have any more? So I told one, I told a 15 year old about freedom fries. Hell and yeah. He did not believe me that that was a true thing. Oh, it's a true that thing. actually happened. He's like, no, we're, we're like, petty. It's we're a real, petty. real thing. <laughs> so an upcoming question out of the blue that we don't have to answer now. What's the deal with carbon? Why does life have to be carbon? Like, what is it about carbon in the universe that is so special <laughs> That and again, that's a that's a uh, a pondering for future things. It's like, why is that the? I get why it's abundant, so things are made out of it. But what about it? Like gold has its special properties right. or whatever. What is it about carbon that mm. makes it so useful? I guess I don't know. Useful and flexible. So many things are carbon based. Yeah, and why does so why does life have to be carbon based? Like, yeah. what is the carbon doing? Right. Is it doing it right now? Yes. Do we have mystery music? Jolene, oh, Jolene. No. <laughs> Oh, that was the payoff of Chelsea's joke, wasn't it? His food intake made Joe fat. Oh, yeah. But Dolly's, <laughs> Dolly's uh, diet made... <laughs> so dumb. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you guys next time. Don't forget to check out Fun Employment Radio. Uh, Greg Nibbler 
who used to do Tech Talk on um, Coin6 or some, or KGW is now developing a show for KGW slash coin, whatever, whatever one he's okay. leaving going to slash. Um, so that'll be, uh, I, I told the guys at not nerd. I'm like vacancy at <laughs> vacancy for tech Tuesday on whatever channel that is. So get your names in there because you guys would be good at that. So, but yeah, Greg is developing a new show. So they are still doing uh, shows, I think four days a week while he's developing that. So check them out at funemploymentradio.com. We will see you guys later, and I guess we'll just go out with that Jolene sound clip again. So thanks for listening. Jolene, 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 I'm begging of you, please don't take my man. Jolene, 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 please don't take him just because you (laughs) can. So yeah, they had a little open house, open house thing that I went to. So I was able to see them again. I was like, just looking at them, I'm like, cause like I watched the other kids grow up, but like gradually with them. Right. And this one was like, a, I couldn't picture them being the same people even. Right. I'm like, this is Will. <laughs> it's so weird, <laughs> but they all seem to be doing really well. So that's good. It. Identity is just so crazy. If you think think about like the fact that we don't choose our bodies. And so what's on the inside is just totally not not actually totally disconnected from your outside yeah. because you take on the traits of the body and the raising that you've been given. And how that body is treated. How and- that body's treated and how you treat the body and you know and but some, you know, black lady versus me is just like random coincidence, yeah. you know, yeah. of who you're dumped into. Well, and I've been weird. talking the um the boys are into D and D and the medieval stuff, and so we're always talking about times like that. And I always say, Well, it's easy to look back, you know, when they're throwing poop out their window or whatever, and everything's dirty and gross and they don't know. And I was like, our brains have not evolved at all since humans have been around for the most part. Like we are not biologically wired for the 21st century. We are biologically wired for, you know, zero or whatever, whenever humans developed, if you would plop us back in the same time, people would be like us. They're not like drooling morons who can't do anything. Like we're those same people and we would act the same way. And they're going to look at us in the same way in the future wondering how we survived and so uh somebody i was reading a a twitter post about you know the the fanboys of elon musk and and everything and somebody compared somebody to neanderthals and and then somebody else chimed in about neanderthals it was like well you know (laughs) actually actually that neanderthals were nicer and like calmer, not as aggressive. They were nicer. Interesting. And um, well, no wonder they died out. <laughs> Homo sapiens took over because they were too aggressive, and and fucked too much. And so, like, they outbred them, and made their own army. Made their own army. Wow. And here we are. <laughs> nice guys finish last. <laughs>